Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Wednesdays with Wheels. And this is a very special edition of Wednesdays with Wheels. Number one, because I have my good friend, Pauly Guglielmo, with me, who he's such a business uh, uh, mogul now that I don't get to see him as often as I'd like to. So it's great to spend a little time with him for the next hour. And he's actually going to, we're calling, we're calling this episode Turning the Tables because he's going to interview me. Uh, sort of a no holes barred interview. Nothing's off the table. If you've got comments, throw them in the thing and I can throw them up on the screen. I don't know if Paulie can see the comments, but he'll be able to see them once I throw them up on the screen so he can go from there. But before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors for the podcast. I'm going to tell you first about Make Your Mark Home Renovation. You know, we've all been stuck in the house for so long. For two years, we were stuck in the house, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. So maybe we neglected some of the stuff that we should have been doing around the house because, you know, we were just in the house being lazy, watching uh, Desperate Housewives, whatever you like to watch. And now we're out and about. We're letting people in. So we're saying we need to fix up the crib. Call my good friend Mark Schneider. He's been in the business for over 20 years. He does everything from kitchen cabinets to floors. He does it all. Hold on one second, because I just made a rookie mistake. I didn't shut my phone off, and my mom doesn't doesn't realize I'm doing the podcast right now and is calling me, and will probably call me again. So wait, is she uh, upstairs right now, Wheels? Is she just no? Like, she's oh. out. She's out. Oh, okay. she's out. Yeah, she just texted me too. She's not going to be happy that I'm not going to answer. Okay. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, make your mark home renovations. Uh, he does kitchen cabinets. He does uh, floors, drywall. He does it all, bathrooms. You need to go see Mark. He's at every job site. He does it all. He's there, ready to go, ready to work for you. So give Mark a call. Let me give you that number one more time because we got interrupted by the phone. 585-613-6598. That's my good friend Mark Schneider over at Make Your Mark. Home renovations. Now let me tell you about Falenga's Gourmet and Artisan Cotton Candy. This, listen, I got a guy with me right now who's about to interview me who loves a good sweet. And he would love some Falenga's Cotton Candy. Love We're cotton not talking, candy. You love cotton candy, right? I love I know, cotton candy. Cotton candy is incredible. I know Leo would probably like some cotton candy, too. Leo has never had cotton candy. But I think if we were to introduce cotton candy to Leo, that it would be the it would be like the crack like introducing crack to a three-year-old i think it would be right open. well when when you do you have to introduce them to falengas okay. because she's got all kinds of flavors from uh cheesecake to banana one you might like paulie fireball fireball oh, yeah. in some cotton yeah. candy so listen check out my uh check out to falengas gourmet and arsenal candy on facebook also check them out at the public market if you tell them you mentioned this ad that you saw on Wednesdays with Wheels, you will get a dollar off your purchase, and your taste buds will thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I, I've i done an interview with Paulie before where he's interviewed me, so this is why I call Paulie because I know he's good at it. Paul, I'm going to hand it on over to you. The rain's on over to you to Wednesdays with Wheels, Paulie, and uh, we're going to go from there. Is, does your mom have an emergency? What's going? Should I don't we know. I'm gonna, no, case? no, it's my sister. Oh, okay. Oh, they're worried about you, probably. I don't she know probably, what they're doing. She called your sister and said, doing. "I can't get a hold of him." And your I sister's probably like, "I can't get a hold of him either." I Wait, don't know, I'm, but hold, I'm gonna look and see. Uh, hold on one second. Doing. <laughs> 
this is I feel I still feel like I'm sitting across from Wheeze. This is great. <laughs> All right, Paul. Right. Go ahead. There we go. Well, this welcome is... to Wednesdays with Wheels. This is I can't believe I get to say that. This is so exciting. This is well, like, this is like professional podcast stuff right absolutely, here. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Wheels, well, thank you for being here, Wheels, on your own podcast. Thank you. I, thank I, you I for having being me. Being um, you like the talk- logo? I want to talk about your whole life, Wheels. I mean, you All know, right, I want to get it. current day. Everybody knows and loves Wheels. People have known Wheels for a long time. <laughs> I still get to hear from people, though, who know you from before you were famous. Um, although, I, from what I can gather, it kind of sounds like you were always famous. Because people who knew you when you were young have really fond memories and nice things to say about you. Were you always kind of like this magnetic personality that people love? Well, I, I always wanted to be the center of attention. Yeah. Uh, always wanted to when I when I walk, I do better in a big group of people, Paulie, than I do one on one with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more comfortable when there's 10 people in a room than there is just one on one. In fact, it, I, I always go back to when I was dating and on the dating apps and I would say to you, I got a date tonight, Paulie. I'm nervous. And you'd say to me, just treat it like you're on the radio and you're doing an interview. Yeah. Because one on one, I struggle, but in a big group of people, I I can, I can be like the rock star and so take like over that, the whole room. How did that manifest itself when you were, say, a kid? Like when you were in elementary school or even middle school, high school? Like, what, what were you like? It was it family gatherings? Were you the center of attention at the family gathering, or like what? Tell me. So a can story. I? I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story that I don't yeah. think I've ever shared on the radio or anywhere. When I was in elementary school, the kids used to buy me a, you know, those pretzel rods we used to get in, in elementary school. Yeah. So they used to buy me a pretzel rod and I used to pretend it was a microphone and I would sing into it. <laughs> and then I would also sit at the end of the, the lunch table and I would pick at the end of lunch who got to push me back to the room. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you did. You always attract. You were always the middle. You were the guy that. Yeah, I, I was. I was. Think... The, and then I was the one that was anointing people who could push me back <laughs> to the room. Where does it come from? I mean, what mom, dad, sister, right? You've it, got a mom and dad and a sister. Were yeah. any of them in performing at all? I mean, no. And I, I would say that my dad, who is watching, is probably the same way. He, he's big. He's good with a bunch of people, but. My mom, you've met my mom. I've tried to get her on this podcast a million yeah. times, Paulie, to interview her. Yeah. She doesn't want anything to do with it. Probably yeah. my sister, too, doesn't want anything. I don't know where it comes from, but it, it it just comes so naturally to me. I'm more comfortable in front of this microphone that I have in front of me than yeah. I am without this microphone. You take this microphone away from me, I become like an ostrich and want to stick my head in the sand, and I don't know <laughs> what to say to people. Well, let's go even further back. Let's go back before elementary. So let's go sure. all the way back to birth because um, you are wheels for a reason. Mm-hmm. You were anointed that name because you you are the man in the wheelchair. But mm-hmm. I wonder if when you're in your position, if you are who you are, do people ask you, do, do people have the courage to say, why are you in a wheelchair? Or or do you not get asked that that often? No, I, I do. Uh, mostly okay. it's little kids. Uh-huh. And because they're so curious, and I would say to to parents, and you're a parent of a young child who's mm-hmm. probably very curious himself, and ask a lot of 
whys and why is this? And a lot of times parents get, you know, if you go into a store and they see somebody in a wheelchair or with a disability that looks different than them, they might say, mom, dad, why this, why that? And you don't know the answer. So your natural reaction is knee jerk is to say, don't look, don't stare because you don't know what to do. And you're just trying to, to get out of that situation. But all that does is teach your son or daughter that there's something different about me that they shouldn't look or stare or ask the question. What you really want to do is say, I don't know right now, but we're going to go home and we'll do some investigating and we'll figure it out from there. And if you feel comfortable, like someone like me, you could come up and ask, you know, my son or daughter wants to know this. uh, Why, why is this? And you could ask me, of course you can't do that with everybody because you don't know everybody and everybody, everybody's different. But I also say to my friends that are in the disabled community, if we want people to understand what it's like to be us, we have to help help them and educate them because they, even you don't know what it's like to be me because you've never been in this situation. No, no. (laughs) And and true. I mean, all human beings have unique situations that they're in that others probably can or can't relate to. Yours is obviously a little bit more visible. People can see your situation, but so then what is it? If I can ask you, was it uh, where you were born with it or exactly so, what, yeah. what is your diagnosis and how did it come to be? So I have cerebral palsy and I was born premature and uh, the l- lack of oxygen to my brain uh, is what caused the, uh, it's actually a brain injury hmm. and uh, it, it affects more neurological, more neurological stuff. So balance uh, stuff like that. I have weakness in my right hand uh where I'm left-handed. So I do pretty much everything with my left hand. Um, A lot of people with my disability have vision problems. My disability, although comes in many different shapes and sizes, there are people with my disability that can't talk, can't feed themselves, can't dress themselves. Uh, It all really depends on how much you've lost, uh, how much oxygen you've lost uh, uh, that determines, you know, what kind of, how severe the injury is going to be. So <laughs> you're born and you're not breathing when you're born. And that uh-huh. lasted for a long amount of time. Do you know exactly how long you weren't breathing? I'm not actually sure. I know. I believe they put me in any, I believe I was breathing when they, but they, because I was so much smaller and I, I might get some of this story wrong. Cause I've never really asked for the complete story. I think it's cause I'm so busy living my life that, mm-hmm. What happened in the past is in the past. But I think what happened is I was breathing. They put me in an incubator because I was smaller. Uh, I stopped breathing in the incubator. And that time that I stopped breathing is what caused the the disability. Did your, you <laughs> just mentioned something that I find interesting. You have an incredibly tight relationship with your mother. I mean, you guys are inseparable. You're best friends, mm-hmm. right? Um, you have a great relationship with your whole family. But um, have you truly, you've never asked her the story. Is, is that what I just heard? Uh, yeah, I've never sat down and said, give me a, an actual play-by-play. In fact, when I did your podcast and you were asking me some of these questions for your podcast, I went inside afterwards and she said, you know, you got some of that wrong. Oh, really? And, really? Uh, I like, and I was like, oh, well, I, I guess I've never really just, just thought about it. You know what I mean? Is that a matter of you don't want to know because you're just, you know, you are who you are and you're happy. Or is that a matter of, you don't want to put your mother through telling that story? No, I think it's a matter of, I don't really, 
I, I just don't think to even know, you know, and yeah. even if I've been told the story when I was younger, I've forgotten, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, I'm just living my life. You know, it's interesting, Paulie, cause I will tell you, uh, it's not, it's, I'm very well adjusted when it comes to the wheelchair for the most part, but there are times as I've gotten older where it has become more difficult to deal with. And there are more times in my life now where I say, man, I kind of wish I wasn't in this situation. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's interesting because as you get older, you know, when you're a kid, you think you got all this time in front of you. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in my forties and I'm like, eh, maybe I don't have so much time, you know, and it's, uh, mm -hmm. and so that can be, that can also play with you a little bit. The, I'm wondering if the condition at all is what helped you become the guy who wants to be the center of attention. Uh, do you think that there's any chance that it was uh, perhaps it was a coping mechanism? That could be one thing. Well, or... I'll tell you. Yeah, but... I'll tell you what is a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. uh, and it started more when I was a kid. And I hate to say this to people, but this is wheels being as honest as 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 I can be. And I just talked about myself in the third person, which is also <laughs> weird. Uh, that probably doesn't but... matter. That's fine. That probably doesn't mind. That's fine. You go ahead. <laughs> Okay, good. I'm glad Polly doesn't mind. Uh, it's interesting because I believe that it was a coping mechanism uh, when I was younger, when I wasn't so okay, when I didn't understand my own disability so much. And I didn't, I always wanted to be the one making the joke so that other people couldn't, other people couldn't make the joke. You were going to beat them to it. Right, yeah. right. So uh, in some sense, I, I do think that it, 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 it is born out of that because that was the way that it was also the way, not so that people couldn't make a joke about me. There was that, but it was also, I also found if I was funny about it and I, if I was disarming about it, people were more, they were more comfortable with me <laughs> than because they yeah. were like, man, if he can make a joke about it, we feel comfortable to, to be ourselves around him. So yeah, honestly, that's brilliant. Of course, that's yeah. that that would be the, the exact reason, and that's why you would break through with that big personality of yours too, right? You know, I, I also say, I also say, uh, on a side note, what God didn't give me in my legs, He sure gave me in my mouth because I don't know when to shut up. <laughs> See, you've got your full of those, <laughs> right? Right. Did you, uh, though, as you're, so you want to be the, so you're growing up and you're the guy, right? You're the center of attention. I want the spotlight on me. It manifested itself just in general. Did it ever take any official form before radio? Meaning like, did you ever go into theater or think maybe you would get into I, some sort of yeah. formal performance? I never went into theater. I never did any of that. First of all, because my bigger disability, Paulie, is that I can't carry a tune to save my life. So... <laughs> Wasn't going to go into theater or anything like that. I will tell you my very first breakthrough uh, in any sort of TV realm or radio realm was on the United Cerebral Palsy Telethon with Don Hart. And uh, he, uh, it was the year 91, I believe, the year of our first ice storm. And I was at the Cerebral Palsy Telethon and, uh, and uh, Don, the producer of the show, came over to my parents and said, can we bring David to the side of the stage, uh, stage left. And they brought me to stage left. And I, I, I didn't know what was going on. And the next thing, you know, Don Elhart is saying, I'm kind of tired right now. I'm going to bring out my big guns. 
and he calls me out onto the stage and he hands me the microphone. And you know, Don, you've met Don, and I'm pretty sure you probably met his lovely wife, Mary. Mary used to run the, do the telethon with him. And he says, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to go sit down and with Mary. He said, you're going to run the telethon for the next uh, five minutes. And I ran the telethon <laughs> with uh, Bet and Chet from, uh, I don't I think they were on Warm 101.3 at the time yeah. or something. Yeah. And so that was my first forte uh, into uh, TV and, <laughs> Was it addictive? Did you just want oh, more right away? I wanted more of it right away, and I was like, "How do I get it?" And and uh, Don's always been a really good friend. And and uh, uh, funny story how how I met him. Uh, always watched the news with my grandmother. Had a little. I don't. You're you're younger than I am, Paulie. So I don't even know if you're going to know this TV show. But uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. You know that TV show. You know, I've never seen an episode, but being in radio for as long as I was, it came up all the time. So. Yeah, it was based on a radio station. And I, I used to have a little WKRP in Cincinnati, a DJ booth. And I used to sit in my living room and I would pretend I was Don Hart, And then I would uh, pass it back and forth between Don Hart and Bill Peterson. I mean, my parents might have thought that I had double personalities because... I Do was they have any video wheels. Is there any video of this? There's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be video around here somewhere of oh, me doing this. We would this. love to see that, Mrs. Maxwell. Yep. Please, if you can dig out that video. <clears throat> yeah, but I I would do that in my living room, and just pretend like I was the two of them. So I I imagine it to be sort of like your father when he's doing the baseball games in his own living room. That's right. I mean, I live with a grown adult who does, or I lived with a grown adult who does that. My father, to this day, sits and does play-by-play -play baseball for the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Chucky Guglielmo, by the way, can I give him a shout-out? Because he loves he's the fan. podcast. Wheels, he's, he's a he fan. He loves the fan. And yeah. uh, So, Chucky, when you're listening to this, shout-out right. to you, my brother. So, um, okay. So let's talk about you. So we go through school. Uh, if I had talked to you when you were say a senior in high school, yeah. what would you have told me you were going to be when you grew up? Ooh, that was, i always wanted to do radio, but then there was a little bit of time where I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Oh, okay. I've never uh, known. I've never, I've known you for years. I never knew. Yeah. That. It was mostly always radio, but there was a time where, because you know, it was during the OJ Simpson trial yeah. and, and, uh, you know, you would watch that. Everybody was glued to their TVs, you know, and stuff. And and uh, nobody killed me because when I was, you know, 12, I thought OJ was innocent. And <laughs> now as an adult, uh, you know, I know he got away with something there and allegedly. And, uh, allegedly. <laughs> and uh, so no, nobody come at me for that. But I was a big, if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. And. <laughs> So I thought I wanted to be a lawyer for a little bit, but then I realized how much school you had to go to. And and uh, and radio was always what I came back to. Uh, I even had a DJ business, started a DJ business when I was, uh, I think I was like 14 years old. And uh, then my parents set, set it up in my bedroom for me for a little while. And I would pretend like I was on the radio. I would intro the songs and, Nice. And you know nobody was listening to me. I was nice. staring at my wall, but you know, yeah. I always kind of wanted to to be that guy. So, did you ever take any real steps towards that? I mean, was I there did, like broadcast actually. school or anything I, like that? 
So I did. So yeah. uh, I went to, when I graduated, when I was in high school, I went to Womoko and I took a, a radio and TV broadcasting class uh, by a man by the name of Rick Gage, who worked for Channel 13 for a while and a bunch of different places doing camera stuff. And, and I, and I, and I hope I'm friends with Mr. Gage on Facebook. I hope he doesn't mind telling me telling this story, but Mr. Gage wasn't quite sure how he was going to have someone like me in his class at the time. And I remember going through the walkthrough. It was just me and my mom and my dad, I think was there. And my one-on-one aide at the time, And uh, Mr. Gage said, well, if you want to do this class, you got to be able to put a camera up on your shoulder. And uh, it was, you know, one of those big VHS camcorders at the time, right? Those mm-hmm. things were heavy. And uh, I, we got it up on my shoulder and, uh, and I walked around the school. We did a lap around the school with it. And I will say this, uh, after my two years with, with Mr. Gage, him and I were best friends and, and I really changed his opinion on, uh, folks like me and, right. and, uh, and, uh, but it's, it's something, it's a memory that will always stick with me because, uh, even then, you know, you still had to, everybody's got to prove themselves in some form or fashion. Right. I mean, yeah. even you with your business, you've had to prove yourself that you could do and it, it. And it never ends. I mean, you, you're doing it till the day you die. And it never ends. But I think I realized from a younger age that I'm going to have to prove myself even from a young age. How many that I belong would you, here? Would you say wheels? How many people would you say that you've flipped over the years? How many people came into meeting you the way Mr. Gage did and saying, well, he can't X or Y or Z. He can't do this thing that you have after <laughs> having a relationship with them, maybe two years like with Mr. Gage or maybe less or more time who at the end of it, now they're, they're swearing by you going, he can do anything he wants in this world. I mean, have you had a lot yeah. of experiences like that? I, I know that, I know that I've had, uh, I know that I've had one or two, uh, maybe a handful, uh, another, uh, another experience and I'll share with, and I hope this person doesn't mind that I share it, but because uh, I'm friends with them on Facebook as well, but it was my technology teacher. And, uh, he, I remember him saying to the principal, you know, how am I going to teach this young man to use a bandsaw? He can't even reach the bandsaw, uh, you know, and, and then I took his class and we figured it out. And, after that, uh, I would go watch him play hockey. Uh, he was the goalie on his team. And uh, so, yeah, there's there's some of that. But I think I also think like I try not to think about that because it's all for me. It's all about staying mm-hmm. humble and in the in not thinking about that kind of stuff. Do you do you ever hold the grudge about somebody discarding you? in the way that, that they oh. did at first. I mean, do you ever think, you know, am I allowed to curse on this podcast? By Absolutely. Do you ever have that, you know, fuck them. I'm going to show them thought or, or moment. Um, yeah, I've had that before. I've had yeah. that before. And I, I think everybody has to have that in some sense, yeah. but, but I've definitely had that. And, uh, it, it's interesting because I've lived with this disability for 41 years. But the rejection from people 
uh, and people treating you differently doesn't get easier. Uh, so you would think because you've been through it so many times, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that it would get easier, but it never, it never does. It, it always, it always stings to be, you know, even, and we're talking about things as simple as I go to a restaurant and somebody, uh, and I've been in many restaurants with you and somebody comes up to, to us and they'll talk over me and ask you a question about me that I could clearly answer. Right. But right. that stuff still to this day, 41 years later, happened countless times, but never gets easier. What about the opposite, though? Let's go with the, the sort of the, the happier, the funny side of things. Sure. Is there anything for you that is easier? And I'll, I'll give you an example of something that I witnessed once yeah, with sure. you where I went. I've never seen this before. This is wonderful. And what it was, was walking through a crowded area. I, uh, my whole life, and I'm a big guy too. I'm, you know, yeah. six, three, I'm 300 pounds, but my whole life walking through a crowded area, people just don't get out of my way. They're just like, Oh, well, yeah. you know, screw you. Good luck. You know? And I've just bumped into people for 39 yeah. years of just like, can't get through crowds. They yeah. don't care. Yeah. But with you, I've been with you before where I'm like, I'm pushing you and people, <laughs> the, it parts like the sea. And I'm like, this is, this is great. I, yeah, everyone is yeah. falling out of the way to make you comfortable, to make sure that they get out of your way. Do you notice that or am I way off base? Don't be. Oh, no. Yeah, I notice that. I notice okay. it. And to be honest with you, uh, I remember where we were when, when that yeah. happened. I think we were in Florida, right? Yeah, we were. Yeah. Right. Where I was I going, people just get out of the way like this. <laughs> and I think I may, I think I may have made a joke to you Well, they're all getting out of the way because they're all wearing sandals and they don't want me to run over their toes. That's right. But, <laughs> but no, people for the most part are good yeah. uh, and, and do get out of your way and are, and they're very respectful and, and, you know, uh, um, parking is a great, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, handicap oh, yeah. you parking. Park, you right? park next to everywhere you ever gonna go. I mean, that, right? I like, mean, that's... yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and so that's great. And yeah, there, there are, there are some, some, some perks, you know, like. But it's interesting because some of those perks that I could take advantage of, hmm. I don't take advantage of hmm. because I want to be treated just like everybody else. Yeah. Sure. I don't want you to treat me any differently because of my situation. Yeah, the t the thing for me is is I don't see myself as any different than you, Paulie. Right. I don't see myself right. as any different from you either. Right. Right. But that's because you know me. Slightly better looking, but other than that, you know. Uh, I, I don't, you know, <laughs> you do have a good you do have a good looking wife, and I can't say so myself there, buddy. And now she's a business owner. I mean, <laughs> you guys got the whole thing going on over there. By the way. Before we continue on with this interview, yeah, I, I have to call out your wife Ryan. You can call her. She she dissed me. I yeah. tried to get her on the podcast, and she's like, "Oh, wheels, we need a little bit more time." She, I appreciate that, and you should try again because now she's she did a DNC interview today, so they're doing interviews now. But right. wheels, just so you know that that same week, I tried to get her on my podcast. She turned me down. I'm a freaking husband. She turned me down and she canceled. She, originally she was going to do it and she canceled on me. Like at the last second, left me without an episode, which is even worse than just saying right. no. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's uh, so Ryan, I'm calling you again and you, and you know, you're not, you're not getting away from me this time, Ryan. 
DNC, yeah. Wednesdays with Wheels. <laughs> They're on the same level. They get the same viewership. No, I'm kidding. So Will, so so let's talk about uh, you you you're getting you know you're in the spotlight. You're on the Weez show now. Yeah. I think one fun fact that maybe not a lot of people know is your stint on the Weez show now has been going on for several years, right? Hasn't it been? I, I tried to figure it out the other day. I think it's been like nine years, Paulie. Nine, yeah, it's been a long time. But I, I don't think a lot of people realize you actually had a one-time appearance on the Weez show even years prior to that, didn't you? Years prior. Yeah. So tell me about the one-time experience that so my dad was always a we show uh listener and uh yeah. we were at part what's now called party in the park but back then they used to call it party in the parking lot because it literally was in a parking lot yeah. and uh he was with cmf at the time and they used to bring the big cmf uh bus and and uh, and my dad says i want to in come i want to bring you over and introduce you to brother Weez and uh I think my dad always had a thought that I that you know he always knew that I really like radio, so I think that's why he wanted to introduce me to Brother Wee. So we go over there, and Wee comes over to the. They got a little roped off area. Comes over, says hello. You know, like Wee does, friendly with everybody. And he he says to me, ah, he says, and I remember Bill Moran and you do great Wee impressions. I can never do a Wee a good Wee impression, but he said, brah. He goes, my call screener's out tomorrow. Why don't you come in and be my call screener? And I go, well, Weez, I'm not very good at typing. He goes, oh, that's all right. Just come on in anyway. And I, I just had Bill Moran on the other day, and we were talking about this because, uh, and this has happened to you before when you were the producer of the show. I'm sure people just showed up that you didn't know were showing up oh, yeah. because we said, just come on the show. Oh yeah. How many times yeah. did I answer that door and there'd be some random person? Like, can I, <laughs> they'd be like, I'm scheduled for an eight o'clock interview. I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I'll never forget Bill Moran came down that day and he kind of looked at me and he pushed me up to the studio and I sat in on the whole show and that's where I got the nickname wheels. And, and uh, it was the summer that Tommy Mulay was going through his divorce so they were calling it the summer of Tommy. And uh, and I said to Tommy, you know what you need if you're going to do the summer of Tommy, you need a wheelchair. And, you know, that got that that got a huge laugh. And I'll, I'll never forget that uh, Tommy Mulet came over to me during one of the breaks. And he goes, bro, you're funny. Good stuff. And and, and uh, it was funny because when that show ended that day, you know how Weez does. He stayed. Back then, he used to have a million people in the room. Like, people would just walk in the room, and they'd sit down on the, these two couches they had. Yeah. And, you know, if there was an open mic, you grab the open mic and start talking. Yeah. And so there were a bunch of people in there at the end of the show, and I didn't really get a chance to say goodbye to Weez. So I just sort of wheeled out a show, and that was it. But I, I was telling Bill Moran the other day, I don't think that if I had continued – on then i wouldn't have been ready for what i'm doing now uh with we well, why do you say that i was young i was too young okay and you, i you, didn't you, would you have been immature is what you're saying or i i don't know that i would have been immature but i wouldn't have been able to chime in on some of the topics that mm. we talk about now the more because serious I, stuff you mean the more serious stuff yeah. i just didn't have the life experience you know what i mean yeah yeah i didn't have that and i and i think in order to be in that room uh, uh, with the people that you're in the room with, you have to have that.
that life experience and be able to talk about that stuff because you can easily get eaten up uh, really quick with oh, yeah. with uh, all the personalities that have been in that room sure. over the years. Yeah. So after that one appearance, was there ever any talk about coming back? I mean, no, that that was the funniest thing about it. And then, so I'll tell you another story. Uh, right after that, they went to the Montreal Comedy Festival and uh, they were in Montreal and this guy came in and he was in a wheelchair. They were broadcasting from the, the lobby of the hotel. And he came in in a wheel in a wheelchair, and Weeze goes, "Bro, I'm never gonna remember your name, so I'm just gonna call you Wheels, <laughs> right?" So, but this Wheels was trying to become a porn star. <laughs> so, and so I remember all my friends texting me that day saying, "Are you in Montreal? And are you trying to become a porn star?" And I was like, "Well, I'm not in Montreal, but..." Porn star thing doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> um, the uh, the period of time between that appearance and your yeah. current stint on the show about how long until you're back on the oh Wii. that was that was a long time. I was I think I was like 17 or 18 when I was okay. first on the Wii show. So years, and I if I, yeah, and I'm 41 now. So if we're talking nine years, you know, I was uh 32 when i started doing wheeze okay so yeah so a long time yeah in, in between there yeah what are you up to what are you doing those years i went to college uh okay. for uh graphic design uh, which is okay. funny because we uh, i wanted to go for radio and tv broadcasting and when i went to mcc to do the walkthrough and uh they said well you're gonna need somebody to walk around with you and carry your books and all that kind of stuff. And I said, um, okay. So they said, you have to go to this other state agency and they'll cook you all up. And then you come back to us and you do it. Well, I went to this other state agency and they said, well, in order for us to give you that, you have to prove to us, you can't go to the bathroom on your own, which you have to prove that. Yeah. Because in order to have a one-on-one age, you had a, either you needed to have to have help going to the bathroom. Oh and I said, and I literally said in the meeting, Paulie, I'll never forget. I said, so all these years, people have been telling me I need to be completely independent and do things on my own. Now it's coming back to bite me in the ass because you're not willing to give me the help I need to get around MCC. I mean, we know MCC. It's a big campus Yeah. Uh, for anybody who's not from Rochester, who doesn't Monroe Community College, which is a very good community college here in Rochester, is a huge campus. And there was going to be no way that I could push around there all by myself and carry my books. And uh, I said, so you're telling me I need to go out in the hallway, piss my pants, and then you'll give me whatever I need. Right. Like, how are you supposed to prove that you can't use the bathroom by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I went to Brian and Stratton, which is a great business school. It was all one level and uh, took graphic arts. But if anybody knows me, I can't draw a, li- a straight line to save my life. And here I'm taking graphic arts, which, yeah, it's all on the computer, but you still have to have an artistic eye. And I'll never forget one of the first projects we did. We have to stand up in the front of the class and present it. And everybody's like, well, this means this and this means that. And oh, this slide's here because of that. And I, I stood up there and I go, this is what you told me to do. This is what I did. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so I did that. And then 
there was a period of time where I just, I just, uh, I really, I really didn't do much. I mean, I wasn't where I wasn't working. Like in your mid to late twenties and stuff. Yeah, and- like I had I had my DJ business, so I would do that, right? But it wasn't like I was. Were you partying, and, or were you a homebody, or were you going no, out? No, I, I was never a homebody. I was I was out all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, my my girlfriend now jokes with me that she can't take me anywhere uh, without me knowing someone, and so I was always the center of attention, but never, never, two things. Never did I think that it would get to this level, and also never did I. Uh, I was the center of attention, but only the center of attention in my small group of of friends. Did you always have people to to go out with when you were in your mid to late twenties? Because I remember a specific period of time in my life when I started to feel sad in my mm-hmm. mid twenties because mm-hmm. uh, it was the first little bouts I ever had with a little bit of depression because. Basically, what was happening was uh, I, I didn't have to really grow up until I was about 24 years old. I was mm-hmm. living at home with my parents and um, and I had a job where I didn't have to be at work till 11 a.m., which is kind right. of a dream in theory for a 22, 23 year old. But really what was happening was all of my friends, everyone around me was starting to have careers. They were starting to have jobs and I was ready to go to the bars on a Tuesday night and drink till midnight or later. Sure. And they started dropping off little by little. My friends did because they had jobs and girlfriends turned into wives and stuff. Did that happen to you at all? Did you find yourself in your late twenties kind of going like, geez, everyone's kind of growing up. What am I going to do? So it's interesting. Uh, Mine was more when I was in high school uh, because I didn't drive and I didn't play sports. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of acquaintances in high school. And a lot of people I knew in high school, but I wouldn't say I had a lot of people I hung out with also because I was painfully shy. Like I didn't, anybody that I went to high school with now, when they see me and they find out I'm doing radio on my own podcast, they're like, huh? <laughs> right. Like, like if I look back at my senior year yearbook, everybody's like, because that was the sort of when I really started to come out of my shell and everybody was like, it was so so good to get to know you and you know all this kind of stuff because I think when I was younger I didn't really have my footing and I spent a lot of time with my parents and and uh hanging around older adults I think that's why uh when I was a kid like I didn't relate to kids my own age because they were telling stupid fart jokes and I didn't get them because I had been hanging out with the adults because Mm -hmm. I couldn't ride bikes with the kids in the neighborhood and stuff like that so for me it was more in my in my early high school career to just after high school when everybody's going out to the bar and bars not handicap accessible that was tough for me uh but then yeah i i got into a niche of friends that were a little bit older than me and, and didn't really care and that made it easier but even to this day paulie and you know I don't want anybody walking away from this podcast thinking, man, wheels, you know, he puts on a good front because he's not, you know, but even to this day, you still, and you've, you and I've talked about this personally, you still sometimes feel like a burden to your friends because you have to ask them for, for so much help. Uh, So I think it's something that's never far away from me and that I, that I do struggle with because you can't just get up and go. Did you ever have to 
seriously consider having a career just working a job that you didn't necessarily want to work, you know, just going and getting a job anywhere, McDonald's, CBS, I don't know, whatever. Like, did you ever think about maybe I should go get a job? Even if it sucks, I should go get a job. So here's the best part. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm struggling with today uh, as we speak, because um, radio's fun, but I only get to do it once a week uh, as of right now. Uh, things are a little different than when I started. And that's nobody. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, just how things happen. Um I would love to go work any kind of job somebody would give me. Um, The problem is if I go out and and this is where we get into politics and I don't really want to, but in order to understand somebody with a disability, you sort of have to understand this. If I go out and get a job, unless I have the right insurance, I really can't get a job because I'm on social security and, and Medicaid. So if I go get a job, I lose all of that. And then I lose the ability to get my wheelchairs Mm. and, and all of that. So the bigger thing for me, the bigger struggle for me is how do you stay engaged? How do you, how do you, you know, you and I were just talking, you're, you're so busy and you've got another eight hours of work to do. I wanted, I so bad want to work so that I can say, man, I'm so tired tonight. I can't go do that. Do, do you, I mean, I guess if what I'm trying to understand is you're saying if you were to get a run of the mill job that paid average, it wouldn't even be worth it for you. You Basically, the only way you could get a job is if it was a very well-paying, lucrative job. Well-paying or, well or if they if they gave me full benefits. Full benefits. Okay. Which um, we know nowadays is not happening, right? Yeah, but you know, I mean, you never know. I mean, there's small businesses like mine, for example, where, look, you come in and you say, it's part of my deal. Part of my deal is I have to get full benefit. Don't right. be afraid to ask for that. Corporations suck about things like that, but small businesses might actually do that for you right. because they'll find it valuable enough. I mean, that is, like, oh, that ahead. is my, that is my, I, I, I'm just going to say it again, because that truly is my biggest struggle right now is I want something to do every day. You well, know. The people, the people are asking. I'm getting all kinds of comments. People are wondering. This is a very uh, community. This is a question the entire community wants to know. How are you at putting jars of sauce in boxes and then taping the boxes and palletizing them? Is that something? I mean, yes. I, questions now. I mean, I probably could do that, Paulie. Maybe we should talk. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could get them on the pallet. Uh, but I could put them in the box. Okay. Maybe we should talk. Maybe we should talk. Um. Talk to me a little bit about dealing with the government as often as you have to, because uh, that's something that people like to talk about. And uh, it seems like you probably more often have to call and make appointments and deal with the government constantly because of the aid that you just mentioned. Mm. Uh, Is it extremely easy or is it a little bit? (laughs) There's a lot of red tape, Paulie. Uh Uh, uh I'm only allowed to get a new wheelchair every four years. Okay. All right. Uh, right. And for anybody that knows me and you've been out with me enough and our good friend, Deanna King is in the room. So shout out to Deanna. Hi Deanna. Uh, But anybody that knows me knows I beat up my wheelchairs pretty good. Uh, I've seen seen you go down once or twice. Once it was my fault. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been, uh, well, there was one time in the bathroom too, but that wasn't your fault. That was mine. Wait, what, how many times have I dumped you? I dumped you once in, in the bedroom in Florida. 
Yeah, right? yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still embarrassed because that was the only time I went a whole week. And then yeah. how many other times? What we were shirtless when you did that, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just for fun. Just why not? I mean, just, yeah, I mean just, just for fun. I mean, we were just hanging out. <laughs> uh, <sighs> anyway, I'm sorry about it. Have you sustained injuries along the way, though, by the way? you're Everywhere you go, you're in a wheelchair. You have to have gotten in some accidents over the years. I have. Uh, well, I broke my hand recently. Oh, wheels. Uh, you know about that, didn't you? I honestly, no, I don't think I did. Oh, yes. Well, let's tell that story then. I Please. thought everybody knew this. I got, it was right after I got my second uh, coronavirus shot. And uh, so I was feeling comfortable to, to go out and, and, and do some stuff. And I went out to see my favorite cover band, the Zach Brown Tribute Band. And somebody was pouring me back into the car before the end of the first set because I was so drunk. <laughs> and uh i got home and i told my buddy i'm not gonna i went to the bathroom now nashville's you know where nashville's is in henrietta yeah. yeah it's only about 15 minutes from my house by the time i got back to my house i had to go to the bathroom so bad and you've seen me when i have to go to the bathroom really bad it's not yeah. a free site i said to my buddy i'm never gonna make it back to, into the house to go to the bathroom just pull me around to the side of the house i'm gonna go to the bathroom so he does but i'm so drunk paulie that i think i pull my pants down well, I didn't pull my pants down. So I peed all over the front of me. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I'm all right, because my mom's not home. She's up at camp. I'm just going to go in the house. I'll go downstairs, change. We'll be good. I go to put the key number in the keypad, and uh, the door opens before I put the last number in. And it's my mom. And I my exact words were, what the hell are you doing here? And so she drags me down the stairs because my stair lift at the time wasn't working. And you ever, I'm sure you've had this with your lovely wife or even your parents when you were, you know, maybe a little too drunk at some point, you ever have somebody yell at you, you know, like, Oh, you know, let me help you. But they're a little annoyed with you. Uh -huh. And you're like, you just want them to go away. So you're like, no, I can do it on my own. Yeah. So I was like, no, I can do it on my own. So she went upstairs. I went to get in the chair and I did a weeble wobble to the right and landed with all my weight on my right hand. Oh. And uh, I heard it go snap, crackle, pop. And uh, I thought I only laid there for about 10 minutes, but she tells me it was an hour. Oh, my God. Like, you literally until, just laid there for an hour? It, until I called her. Because I'm thinking she's fit to be tied up there because I got so drunk. Ooh, right? whoa, whoa, hold on a second. You fell over, broke your hand, and just laid for an hour? Well, like I, you didn't... I, th I think I might have fallen asleep, to be quite oh honest with God. you. You were hammered. <laughs> I was. I was. I was hammered. To the point where she she then, my mom, God bless her, I, I want to make sure everybody knows this. She took very good care of me during, this whole, during this whole thing, ordeal, and uh, and uh, um, God bless her, came and helped me up and got me into bed, and I put a brace on it because it hurt so bad, and I just fell asleep. Then I got up in the morning, and it was all swollen, and uh, somehow I managed to get in my wheelchair, went to the bathroom. Came back, went back to bed for another four hours, got up, and then it was like, I think I got to go to the doctor's because I think it's broken. Yeah. And three days later, they were wheeling me in for surgery, uh, and I had to have a plate and two screws put in my hand. Damn, wheels. And for the next uh, four months, I felt like I was on the teacups at Disney World because I could oh. only go in one direction. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, wheels.
Yeah. Wheels, I want I see the time. It's starting to tick away. So I want to fast sure. forward a bit. I want to get into current day and Wee's show and things like that. Sure. Uh, let's talk, let's talk quickly. So Wee's uh then you get back on his radar because you become a poker player and right. you start spending a lot of time doing that. Were you a good poker player, Wheels? Are you a good poker player? I, I, listen, I just played in a poker tournament online the other day, 80 something people. And I came in fourth for $136. So pretty damn good. I'm not, I'm not great, but I, I do enough to keep playing. I I'm good enough to keep playing. A question that uh, I used to get all the time back on the Wii show when Wii's would talk about poker all the time is Wii's a good poker player. Are you willing to out Wii's as either being good or not good here on the Wii? Wo- Weez is not a bad poker player. Okay. Weez has a bad, it depends. If if you get Weez talking a lot, he's you know he's he's more likely to play a lot of hands because he's also when I often describe when Weez and I sit down to play poker together that it's like uh, doing a radio show at the poker table because yeah. we're sort of the. Uh, three ring you know we're like the ringmaster of the poker table and you know we're telling jokes and people are chiming in wheeze is a wheeze is a good poker player and god if it wasn't for poker i would never have gotten back on the Wii show so you're playing poker with him one day and what he just does the same thing as last time he says come on up bro i said to him bro i said you're never gonna remember me but you're the one that gave me the nickname wheels and uh, I was on your show back in the day when you were on CMF and I had a ball and he's like, "Bruh, I don't remember, but if you say so, it must have happened. And I think what helped, what happened with Weez and I was, you know, I see so many people with Weez when we're out and they come up to him and they're like, oh, bro, I want to come on the show. I want to come on the show. I want to do this. I want to do that. Uh, I didn't do that with Weez. We sat there. We talked poker. We talked... He liked the headphones I was wearing at the time. I told some jokes. He liked the jokes. He then said, come to lunch with us. I came to lunch with him, and then it just spawned from there. And you know, Paulie, when I first started in the show, I was literally coming in for two hours, maybe right. maybe once a month, right? Yeah. Well, talk about the first experience. I mean, when you come up there, first of all, this time around, was it a similar experience where when you wheeled in there, did any of us know you were coming? Um, no, because the very first time I came, yeah, uh, wasn't even in the studio. Remember oh. when we when remember when we did the nine eleven tribute up on top of the yes. the hotel? Yeah, I, do. I do. That was the very first time I came. All right, and he told me to get there. I think at that time you guys were going to ten, right? Six to ten, yeah, sounds Six right. Six to ten, and he told me to get there around eight thirty. So I got there at eight thirty, and uh, then he said, uh, he said to you, uh, Paulie, I can't do this because I can't hear. He was having trouble hearing. So we, you only ran from, I got there eight 30. I think we ran till nine 30. And then from nine 30 to 10, you did best of cause he couldn't hear. Right. And that was my first time. That was the, that was the first time that I remember. I don't even remember the next time I came into the studio. I have a um, memory. It wasn't that I do remember that show though, because that we ended up getting married in that room. Um, and I remember that it was, I took a picture that day and sent it to my wife and I was like, this should be where we get married. But um, yeah, cause we I, were right outside that room, right? We were outside yeah, on yeah. the roof cause they were doing yoga and all that stuff. Yeah. But I recall we 
pitching to us, not really pitching, you didn't have to pitch anything, but telling us that you were going to come in and describing you as he said, you know, I go to, he said, bro, you know, I go to poker every night and everyone there, it's all just a bunch of miserable sons of bitches. He goes, but the, the, the happiest guy there is the, and this is what he said, Wales. I'm just saying, you know what he said? He yeah, said, yeah, the yeah. happiest yeah. guy there with the most positive attitude is the one guy there who actually has something to be miserable about. And mm-hmm. his attitude is so infectious, I think he'd be great up here. He said something like that. Right. And so, you know, next thing I knew you were coming in, and you're right, it was like you came at 8 or 8.30 or something, and for a while. Right. And then, and, and then uh, I was there till 10, and then, yeah. then yeah, it was... I, I remember, yeah. I mean, he never really, you know, our input... Sometimes it means something. Sometimes it doesn't. He's going to do whatever he wants to do at the end of the day. But he would occasionally ask, what do you think? What do you think? And who knows if he cared what we thought or not. But uh, I do remember very positive reviews with you. Mm -hmm. Very positive that all of us were just like, he's like got an infectious attitude. You know, everyone had that same attitude of just you were the way we talked about the beginning of the interview, the spotlight on you. You're the magnet. People wanted to be around you. People wanted to be with you wheels i mean it was such a testament to just who you are and your personality that i'm so glad that that ended up then spurning and now what'd we say eight or nine years now eight or nine years and and you you and i've talked and me and we's have talked uh, i think i'm one of the longest recurring guests uh yeah Yeah, to to be on the show uh because um you know people come and they go Mm mm-hmm in, in in every business, but I've always treated it like uh, for four hours I could go in there and I could shut everything else out mm-hmm. and uh, just do what I did. And I think what helped me is I wasn't afraid to talk about the hard subjects. I wasn't afraid to to poke fun at myself. I wasn't afraid to be the single guy that uh, uh, was getting the lap dance from the the strippers. You know what I mean. Right. And that's Wait, what helps you, you. Were we still in the stripper days when you came? Uh, it was the tail end, but I remember Very one t- time we did. We were doing the celebrity brackets during uh, during uh, oh, yeah, the like March, March Madness, Madness yeah. and it was sponsored by Rick's Tally Ho, I believe. Oh, yeah. So they brought a couple girls up there, and Delisha wasn't one called Delisha. I still remember Delisha, and, yeah. and the, they happened to be washing the windows the same day they came up, and the yeah. the, the guy, the window washer, gets to our studio, and there's a naked chick and boy couldn't get away with that anymore i'll tell you yeah, that no 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 uh, no those no. were the old those days were, those were the notice days i did we... not say good old days i said the old days those were the old days those were the old days yeah we can't do that anymore you um obviously it's noble into you know wheels is a part of the Weez show nobody really you called yourself a recurring guest i don't think you're a guest i think you're on the Weez show that would be my mm-hmm. opinion that's what it sounds like to me as a listener these days how I mean, how much do you feel like you're living the dream? I mean, this is what you wanted, uh, right? I listen, mean, I have to pinch myself every day. Yeah. Uh, and it starts with Wheeze, right? Because if it wasn't for Wheeze, uh, never would have happened. But then it, it trickles down to folks like uh, you and, and, and I mean, Deanna. Don't give me well, That's all Wheeze. No, Wheeze gets his credit because if it wasn't for Wheeze, I wouldn't be there. But you and Deanna and Billy, like you sort of took me under your wing and sort of showed me the ropes a little bit. And, you know, 
always push for if there was a spot for me to be there, I could be there. And right. and so for me, that always meant a lot. But when you talk about living a dream, uh, I couldn't be living any bigger of a dream than I am. And hopefully, uh, you know, it continues for many more years to come. And and I keep getting to make people laugh. I'll tell you, this is going to sound like a self-serving story, but it's really not. But it just shows you, you know, the impact you can have on people without knowing the impact you have on people. I was at CMAC for, I went to Keith Urban with my girlfriend the other day. So did my wife. And, oh, did she? Yeah, she said it was an awesome show. It was a great show. Yeah. And uh, my girlfriend went to get us drinks. Uh, by the way, Blue Whales, that's what they call this girly drink, because you know me, Paulie. <laughs> Girl, girly drink to the max. I think when I was in Florida with you, I had a thing called an electric daisy. And you oh, and that's Weez, right. That's you and right. Weez made fun of me forever. Uh, oh. You had a pink but drink. It was I had a pink drink, but it had, it had tequila in it, so I didn't understand. Yeah. I didn't get it. So she went to get drinks, and this lady came up to me, and she goes, she goes, I've been sitting over there with my husband. She goes, and I keep saying to my husband, I don't know if he wants people to come up to him when he's out at a show like this, but she's like, I just had to come up over because I love you so much and, and everything you do, and she kept saying, I, I hope I'm not bothering you. I hope I'm not bothering you. And I said, are you kidding me? It's a bigger thrill to me that you want to say hello to me and, and you know, and thank you for all your kind words. And for me, that's what it's all about. It's, you know, like this could all be over tomorrow. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow with anything. Right. And at the end of the day, I just want to be known as a good person. And never, never too big for anything, you know? And if I could add something, because I, I see we're almost out of time, but there are two two other things I want to touch on really quick. Sure. But I do want to add we one thing. We can go a few minutes over. We're all right. Well, just to kind of put the button on the radio part of this yeah. that I want to talk about is that you are successful on the radio and with your podcast, not because you're a novelty, not has nothing the, the chair has nothing to do with your success right you are really good at this you're talented at this and i'll tell you exactly what i mean i'll be very specific with you you are the type of person who i can say anything to in a setting like this on microphones where we're you know we're live we're broadcasting whatever we're doing right and you will respond to me you will keep the conversation going improv right improv 101 for sure. That is so important, and you would be surprised how many people can't or won't do that. Right. I, I worked in that industry for a lot of years, and <laughs> a lot I, of yes or no answers. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I I had people on the other end of the microphone plenty of times who, and sometimes they were guests. But wheels. What's worse is sometimes they worked there, who just they didn't feel like talking about that right then. So, oh well, you know, the yeah. conversation wasn't going to go anywhere. You don't ever leave your partner uh hanging and if you ever study improv or study you know um second city saturday night live any of the famous improv group imp even just improv any improv comedy troupe really you can never leave your partner hanging the whole point is you're always there for your partner and who's your partner your partner is the person who's on the other microphone the person you're right. doing the scene with in those and radio i always thought was a lot like that it was a lot like improv it was it was always about we're playing tennis with each other and i'm hitting the ball into your court and you're hitting it back into my court yeah and if i don't hit that ball back into your court 
that's on me. I screwed that up. I did that right. wrong. You know, I've left you hanging and that's sure. You never leave anyone hanging. You are always there no matter what the topic, serious, funny, anything. That has nothing to do with a chair or anything. So I just want no, you to I know mean, that you are truly good at what you do. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate that because, you know, we all deal with haters. And I want you to be able to get to the, because you said we had a couple other topics you want to get to real quick. Right, but we, we, we all deal with haters, right? Yeah. And so the haters that I deal with, and I'm not going to give this man, I'm not going to say his name because that would just be giving him more of what he wants. But the one thing he will always say is, the only reason you're on the Wii show is because of the wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And I always, my comeback to him is the reason I got on the Wii show may have been in part because of the wheelchair, because I told some funny wheelchair stories and you know, it was, it was good stuff. But nine years later, eight years later, whatever it is, I'm not there now because of the wheelchair. I'm there now because I add something to the, to the, to the team how many times have you been on the we show now you've been on the we show what do we say nine years at least we'll just pretend it's once a week even though plenty of times it's been more than that so yeah. you've been on for nine years so you've been on what's 50 times well, you've been on hundreds four or five hundred times you've been on the we show at this point more yeah. right one mm -hmm. of those times one time was because you're in a wheelchair one time right. the, the other 499 were because of who you are right Right. That's the very first time was because of because of the in the, part, the but even that yeah. wasn't because even that was because you had a personality. Right. I mean, I always joke with people, you know, most people say you got to get your foot in the door. I had to get my wheel in the door yeah. and <laughs> and that's what that's what I did. And okay. I and too, I propped it open. Yeah, I will make these both both quickie little topics, but I can't let the thing go by without getting to these first quickie well, listen, little topic. It's never quick with me because I don't I. <laughs> Stand-up comedy. Let's talk about stand-up comedy. You've sure. had a couple of moments on stage. How, mm -hmm. first of all, how terrifying is that? Because that seems terrifying. And second of all, uh, what's are, are you? Is that the type of thing you're just going to dabble in, or do you want to do more of that? Uh stand-up comedy is the most terrifying and exhilarating thing you can do. Yeah. All at the same time, and and uh, would I like to do more of it? I like doing what I'm doing now. Uh, the once every you know, six months or so is good for me. Um, my niche is really in what we're doing here. And um, I would like to, just to piggyback off that a little bit, if I had to, if I, if you and I had the endless amounts of time, my idea, well, I like this kind of format for Wednesdays with wheels and I would always keep this, the interview format. I would love to do my own iteration of a radio show with not on radio, unless I could get somebody to hire me. Uh, but even in like a podcast form where it's me and you and whoever else, Deanna, whoever we bring brother Wee's along do that because that's really what I find to be most fun. That would be cool. Yeah. The other thing, there's just not enough hours in the day for you, Paulie. I'll get there anytime you need me, buddy. I'll get there. I just need a little notice. As long as I get some notice, I'll be wherever you need me to be. I love you, pal. The uh, last thing is, you did drop the girlfriend word. Am I to understand that the wheels is off the market? Who's the lucky? Oh, uh, wheels, wheels has been off the market for for six months now. Okay, okay. and How'd you guys uh, it, it's we met online, and I've been very secretive about her, so I'm not gonna share her name or anything like that because it's interesting 
and I think you've even found this with with the girl that you married and fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan is in um, PR, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you would say, wouldn't you say she's a little bit more behind the scenes in PR? Yeah, she actually um, she had an interview with the Democrat and Chronicle today for you know where she was being interviewed for her new for her new venture. And um, she was nervous. Last night, she was asking me questions about, well, what do I do if they say this? What do I ask about that? How right. do I answer this? And I'm going, right. you, you're professional. Like, what are you talking about? But when the spotlight was on her, she's very opposite of you. She's the one who wants to be shining a spotlight. She's good at shining the right. spotlight. She doesn't want to be in the spotlight. Right. Right. And that's that's sort of um, my girlfriend okay. is sort of does not like the spotlight. Uh doesn't even she'll often say to me or has said to me i don't give two shits that your wheels from the brother we show mm-hmm. i don't care i don't care what you do i uh, better take out rather, that damn garbage is usually <laughs> right you know she would rather be it just be her and i going out doing something uh-huh. and uh not going to all the fancy parties and and stuff like that my wife so, is the same way i come home and i go you know today i brokered a deal <laughs> You know, for X amount of money, I spoke to so and so. I had this happen and that happen, and she'll just look at me and say, "That's nice. That's nice. You're on dishes tonight." And then Leo needs a shower, <laughs> right? But uh, I will tell you, yeah, yeah. It's it's they keep you they keep you very down to earth, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I will tell you this: it's it's really for me. Um, you know, we talked about on your podcast my last relationship and how much that hurt and uh, all that. This is the first relationship that I think in my 41 years that I've been in that this girl is going to be uh, 100% completely honest with me, uh, whether I want to hear it or not. And, and that's so that, that helps with the insecurities that I have about certain things because, you know, she's always going to be honest with you. The best type of person, period, is somebody who... Can you hear that or no? My air compressor just turned on. The best type of person, period, is somebody who has your back to everybody in the world. They have your back to everybody. Anybody in the world, they have your back. But when it's just you and them, they hold you to your shit. Yeah. She's got me me pushing all over the place, Paulie. Yeah. She, uh, she, uh, she, she is in the uh taking care of people profession the nursing profession and as she she says to me all the time i will help you whenever you need help but if you can push yourself you're going to push yourself and uh so uh I, how are you doing physically how are you doing physically because i know you've you've had over the years you've had ups and downs you've been strong you've not been as strong as you wanted to be back and forth back and forth not as good as i'd like to be uh okay. breaking the hand really really set me back. I was walking th- about 30 minutes every day in my walker. And then I broke my hand and, you know, couldn't do that anymore. And yeah. so it's tough because as you get older for anybody, but then you add a disability on top of it, it's hard to get back to where you were once you've not done it for a while. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for the most oh. part, I'm still getting around and Causing all kinds of trouble, Polly. What, what do you wish I would have asked you? What did I not ask you that I should? Not nothing, but I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, man, this hour flew by. I, I wish we could. I wish we could do more of more of this because you, my friend, I just have. 
I just have to say, yeah. Uh, when I met Paulie, you know, it's interesting because I wheel into this room and I don't know anybody, and 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 uh, don't know anybody. And Paulie and I started talking, maybe sports and stuff. But the moment that I knew I really had a, a really good friend and someone that I could count on was uh, when Paulie said to me, hey, Wheels, you want to go to Florida with me? And my first thought was, well, I'd love to go to Florida with him, but he doesn't realize that it's not going to be handicap accessible and he's going to have to lift me in and out of the shower. And I don't know this man that well. <laughs> That I think he's going to want to see me naked and help me in the bathroom. And uh, Paulie Guglielmo didn't bat an eye. And from from before then, but he, but then I knew that there was a there was a man that whenever I needed him, you know, he would be there. So that's so sweet for, of you. to you, you, my friend. You're yeah. you're one of my favorites. And whether whatever happens in radio, there's there's a handful of people I know that I'll always see and always talk to. And that's you, Weez, Deanna. And uh, I don't see Billy as much as I'd like to because of our situations that he doesn't drive and I don't drive, but we keep in contact on Facebook. And, and so that iteration of the, the brother we show for me, well, I love the one we're doing now. That's always going to be my favorite because that's where I got my start. And, right. and you guys really, you know, pushed me along the way and we're always my my biggest cheerleaders and and god gotta love you for it that trip to florida was fun we did it a couple of times i still don't know why you wanted the shower why you wanted it filmed why you had to sit on my lap all that seemed a little excess but in general it was no big deal was, i was can i just tell can we i know we got to go but I, I just have to tell the one story about the shower i think oh, it was like i think what? it was like uh, I think it was like the fourth or maybe the third or fourth day we were there. So we'd been there a while. Yeah. And you helped me in the shower and I was in there doing my business. Cause once you got me in there, I was good to go. Right. Yeah. 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 I would come and back all like of 10 a, minutes later or something. Right. And then all of a sudden the legs from oh, the yeah. shower chair started to like <laughs> separate and like, but it was like the slowest, slowest fall that you ever could have. <laughs> right. So. I'm screaming, Polly, Polly, wheeze. I'm screaming everybody that I could think might be in earshot of me because I'm literally watching this chair like fall apart as I'm sitting on it. Yeah. Come to find out after we got me out of the shower, the screw had fallen out of the bottom of it and oh, it was literally coming apart. Oh, no. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, well, Paulie, I'm going to let you close out the show. Go ahead. Thank you so much for tuning into Wednesdays with Wheels. My name is Paul Guglielmo, and my guest has been Wheels Maxwell, and this has been Turning the Tables on Wheels Maxwell. We'll be back next Wednesday, and don't forget to try that cotton candy. What's it called again? Uh, Falangas. And Falangas don't forget cotton about, candy. Don't forget about Make Your Mark Home Renovation. You probably got some... You got a little one running around. You probably got some things that need some fixing up, don't you, Paulie? Yeah, I'm going to wait a few years. It seems like he's going to be breaking stuff for a few more years. As soon as he I'm grows out of break stuff stage, we'll get some stuff. I'm back. sure he is. Well, thank you, my friend. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into Wednesdays with Wheels. You just heard that. I don't know why I'm doing it again, but I'm so used to. 
we will be back next week. I don't know who the guest is going to be. Paulie can tell you as a podcaster, like sometimes you're searching for a guest up until the very last minute. So, but stay tuned. We'll have another great guest. We'll talk to everybody later. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.